This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Todd, and our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR or Informa, its parent company. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. My name is Kirsten Longbottom, and we are joined, per usual, by Cameron Brandt, um, our in-house economist. Cam, you have a trip coming up next week. Want to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'm heading over to join some friends in Scotland, uh, though the uh, news feed out of uh, Heathrow Airport in London is somewhat uh, less than reassuring, and I have a vision of... Uh, pitching a tent on runway two while my luggage heads on to part un- parts unknown, but uh, I'm sure it'll work out. Um, Hopefully it works out for you. Um, yeah. n- nothing fun about that that no one wants to be a part of. But in terms of fun flows in the latest week, uh, we saw $45 billion pulled out of equity, bond, alternative, and balance funds. Um, what was going through investors' minds? I think a, d- a degree of capitulation to the the current dynamic. Um, you know, it's hard to pretend you're going to turn the corner when you know the past uh, you know the past eight days or so have seen the central banks in Norway, Brazil. Mexico, uh, the UK uh, raise rates. Um, the Fed is certainly signaling, uh, you know, the coming month we'll see another um, larger than we've gotten used to rate hike. Um, you know, and it's not 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 an ideal investment climate. Uh, if you're bearish by nature, it's not hard to pull together a case which has things continuing to get worse sort of really you know in, into the second quarter of next year uh, a case in point being what happens with the Europe energy situation and whether uh, German industry has to go to uh, natural gas rationing um, you know e- even though in general terms this too shall pass the the window for when it turns the corner i think in many people's minds uh, has sort of moved down the track by you know several several mile posts in recent headlines we've definitely seen talk about recessions um come up and some say it's inevitable some say maybe not uh what do you think I think with inflation uh, and that's impact on consumption, uh, interest rate trends, um, the sort of spillover, especially in the energy picture from Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, that uh, it's more than likely uh, we're going to see a recession. I mean, I think arguably Europe is already already there. Um, the U.S., I think... Uh, may avoid it for another quarter or so, and, and it will probably be shallower um, just because there are still fairly large amounts of pandemic era savings, which they're certainly being eroded to deal with higher prices. But you know, in, in the employment picture uh, is still good. 
But uh, yeah, no, um, you know, economic growth is certainly going to be much slower and, and, and more than likely uh, negative uh, in the second half of this year. Something we haven't talked about in a while in the podcast is cryptocurrency funds. Want to give us a rundown of what happened in the latest week and maybe more broadly in Q2? What happened was a, a major reality check, which uh, um, if uh, cryptocurrencies haven't completely failed, uh, they've certainly sort of come in with a, the lowest possible passing grade. Um, you know, record-setting outflows from the cryptocurrency funds we track, uh, you know, clearly uh, outflows have been consistent, but actually surprisingly low levels. Uh, so this definitely has the feel of a capitulation um you know and and it's an interesting mixture you know people who got in very early will still have gains that they can cash in um you know for other uh, others get, coming into uh this particular asset class there's probably some fairly painful losses that get crystallized um advocates still see a future for it um and certainly, you know, if governments go back to debasing their currencies <laughs> with the enthusiasm we've seen in recent years, I'm sure they'll have a second innings. So something else is socially responsible or environmental social and governance or SRI and ESG funds. What's driving the flows out? Of those funds, well, a complicated cocktail uh, of, of issues have some, somewhat gone against them. Um, the way the current energy narrative is shaping up, um, you know, it has codified some of the choices you need to make uh, in, in perhaps you know the starkest terms uh, to get to sort of uh, green, uh, you know, uh, sort of meaningful. Uh, greening uh, of uh, certainly developed countries' energy picture, um, and uh, you know again, uh, you know it's partly that non-SRI ESG funds are, are doing pretty well because all of a sudden you know people want <laughs> old school energy stocks, um, but I think it's also that um, you know people have realised that they need to sort of think think this through. More carefully, uh, I mean, before it was you know, every week we saw relentless inflows. Um, the performance was uh, matching or exceeding non-SRI ESG funds. So plenty of very pleasant, warm tailwinds. Um, a lot of those have evaporated. Um, you know, regulators are... are, are taking uh, a closer and somewhat uh, more skeptical look at um, sort of the theme as a whole. Um, so, you know, plenty of reasons for caution and, you know, a somewhat tough time. Um, uh, again, you know, I think over time uh, they'll regain their equilibrium, but I don't think they're going to be as, you know, reflexively taking in inflows week after week just on the basis of the broad uh, making the world better premise. It's almost, again, like a reality check similar to crypto, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, yes. So emerging market equity funds reverted back to outflows in the latest week. Uh, what happened there? 
people are, are having to sort of uh, adjust their expectations. Um, you know, and the emerging market story, I think, is in for a fairly major kind of reassessment, re-rating, um, you know, some of the classical sort of ladders out uh, of um, – you know, periods of trouble, uh, you aren't there exporting your way out given sort of current protectionist trends and supply chain issues is no longer, you know, such an obvious uh, strategy to follow. There's also been, you know, a broad shift in, in governance throughout the emerging markets universe, and it's not market friendly on the whole. Um, I cannot think of uh, um, sort of a credible major reform story in, in any corner at the moment of the EM universe. And, you know, that has always been a bit of a catalyst. You, you get a crisis or, or a bad patch in the emerging markets, and at least some of them, you know, bite the bullet and come in with a reform agenda, which if you can get in on the bottom, usually – uh, rewards you handsomely, but uh, you know across across the spectrum, you know, you're seeing more and more autocratic leaders with uh, you know decidedly <laughs> political views of how economies should be run. Um, Latin America, major case in point, you know, one country after the other is, is electing uh, very leftist um, presidents with. You know, very skeptical views of sort of globalization, market-based economics. All of that said, you know, there were there were a couple of groups, several groups actually, that had significant uh, inflows. Uh, uh, Korea equity funds did, despite you know a very unpromising domestic backdrop. Um, China and some of the greater China markets, uh, funds dedicated to them, uh, did quite well. Brazil equity funds continued their uh, recent streak, uh, despite you know, uh, the, the aforementioned rate hike, uh, ditto for Mexico leading into a uh, a uh, rate hike. Uh, I think in the case of Brazil and Mexico, perversely, the fact that the central banks have still have the independence to hike rate rates despite the political pain that will c- cause the current incumbents of the presidential palace is sort of seen as a positive sign that, you know, rule of law and independent policy making aren't completely off the table in those markets. So for sector funds, we saw only four groups post inflows and those inflows were quite lackluster. Um, But we did see precious metals, gold and silver pick up a bit. And was this driven by investors seeking inflation safe havens or something else? It definitely sort of reflects the general angst about market conditions and, and you know, what assets will actually hold their value. Um, you know, when you're in a situation where both equities and bonds are going down at the same time, uh, and the new generation like cryptocurrencies. Um, I mean, people are looking for somewhere that might provide some small modicum of cover. 
Uh, I mean, I, honestly, while we did see inflows, you know, considering the backdrop, they're still sort of fairly moderate. Um, but we'll see, you know, if it's the start of a trend or not. So I will be watching those flows uh, in the coming weeks to sort of see whether this was sort of a bit of a one-off or the start of a trend. Definitely. Well, we'll have to catch up about that in a few weeks, right? <laughs> but enjoy your trip to uh, Scotland. I will. We'll, we'll talk, talk again in 10 days or so. Sounds good. Thank you, Cam. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.com slash podcast. 